This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John. You know what episode this is, John? It's a baker's dozen plus two. It's a baker's dozen and then some. Plus two. Plus a little change on the side. Uh, so we're here to talk to you this week about all the stuff that we watched this week. Uh, unlike every other week when we talk to you about all the stuff that we watched right. that week. That's what makes our podcast an award-winning podcast that hasn't won an award yet. That's right. Is the content we provide to you. But don't forget, we're up for the award for the most what would you watch what did you watch this week like podcast. Exactly. Our competition is stiff. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> stiff. <laughs> uh well. So hey, what do you want to talk about? Well, uh I do have a question for you before we start out. Yeah, go ahead. What did you watch this week? <laughs> I watched I watched uh, Game of Thrones. I watched Hell on Wheels. I watched Casual and some movie-related stuff. What All right. Uh, I watched Game of Thrones. I watched Outcast and Preacher and new show called Brain Dead. Um, Houdini and Doyle and Person of Interest. Oh, that's, that's right, Person of Interest. I didn't watch it because I want to watch the last two side by each. <gasps> oh, you're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, well, I, I, I thought you'd. I, I honestly, I thought you'd do the same. No, it wasn't a two-parter, so I, I know. Just, but I just, I just, I just wanted, wanted to, to watch the last two side by each. Gotcha. So, um, I did try to watch a new show, and at your recommendation, and I just, I couldn't do it. Okay. So, you want to start with game? Yeah, let's start with Game of Thrones. All right, game of Thrones. So, uh, it was a, uh, you know, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was another build-up episode. I feel. Yes. Yeah, that was the best way that I could describe it as well. You know, I mean, um, uh, to me, the best parts of the whole episode was everything involving the Hound. <laughs> yes, I actually wrote down that the line of the episode was him with that one guy, and he's like, you're shite at dying, you know that? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so nice watching him just take his acts of fury and mow. Oh, he just walks guys. up and decimates all of them. <laughs> And then he catches up with the other guys, and they're all going to hang him. And he's like, wait a second. You can't kill them. I'm going to do it. Right. And then he's having, like, a negotiation with them. Yeah. It's like, the, like three of them. They're like, yeah, you can have two of them. You can have two. Out of respect, you can have two. <laughs> and the one that has an arrow on him is like, you want to get that arrow off me, boy? <laughs> I think he called him a girl, even. Yeah. And then he's like, what do you do? I'm going to cut his – he goes, like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hack him a little bit with the axe so he doesn't die so quickly. No, no, no. That's not what we do. Well, can I take his hand off? <laughs> Yeah, no. I wanted to just hang them all, and he's like, "No, no, 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 no. These guys have to suffer." Yeah, I want. <laughs> it, it was definitely nice, though. It felt like there was a bit of a build there, like we might get to see more of his character. Yeah. Oh, the the Brotherhood really wanted him to join, and yeah. And yes, I just like how he kept saying, "Except this guy, I've killed him, but he doesn't seem to die." Right. <laughs> I just love the casual conversation, and then because I had already, I had forgotten all about that that scene where he kills him. Right. A couple seasons ago. So, yep. And he kind of like came back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember him coming back because I think in the book, that's how they brought back uh, Lady Stark in right. the books the same way. But we don't that doesn't matter in, the, in, in our timeline of things. So the mountain kills one of Sparrow's men. That was a, that was a long time coming. You know, they've dolled him up in the armor and they've trotted him around for most of this season here and there. He never says anything. He just kind of like he killed a couple people previously, but it was very just quick. Yeah. Quick. And I mean, not to say that this wasn't quick, but this is the one that we've been waiting for. You know, the sparrows forces have kind of been like walking around uninhabited or uninhibited and they, they act like they run the place. So, and the fact that he only killed the one was a bit of a disappointment. It was. It sent a good message. Uh, basically, you know, I can do this. I yeah. choose not to kill the rest of you. Yeah. But uh, still. 
And then, of course, Tommen decrees that uh, tribal combat's been abolished. Yeah, yeah. I, I like which, how they pull that one right out of their butts just to which uh, save themselves. Completely just destroys Cersei's, you know, what she was planning on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's so funny. I still don't like Cersei, but I like the High Sparrow less. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I like the High Sparrow so little that it makes me like Cersei. Yep. And it makes me. And, and the other thing too is Jamie Lannister. They've made him a, a very, you know. Um, sympathetic character at times. Oh, we got his hand cut off. He's treated poorly. Let's not forget in the first episode, he pushed a child out of like a tower because the child caught him and his sister having sex. Right. And he's fathered several children with that sister. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget that that actually happened (laughs) and that he's kind of a piece of crap. (laughs) This happened and we all let it happen. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, we've been okay with it now. Yep. You're you know, like, oh, when he raped his sister. Yeah, when, when he raped his sister next to their son's dead body. Right, yes. Yeah, 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 he's not a good guy. Oh, he most certainly is not. He's not a good guy any way, shape, or form. But um, but then when you see him at the um, at River Run Castle, you want to root for him. You're like, yeah. this is a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he lets Brienne get away. He even waves bye to her. He could yep. have easily sent forces after her, but he didn't. He was like, all right, we'll see you later. Well, he also had that whole thing where she, like, gave him the sword or tried to give him the sword, and she's like, you told me to use this to exact my revenge. I've done that. And he's yep. like, that's always been yours. You keep it. Yep. This, so there is a level of respect between the two. Yep. And they're not shy. Like, she said, hey, if you're going to attack the castle, my honor states I have to, I have to fight you. <laughs> yep. And he's like, well, that's fine, because I have to do whatever I have to do to get back to my sister, because I'm in a really, really morbid and sexual relationship with her. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, Marine, uh, Marine gets attacked. Yes. Uh, yeah, right yeah. at the end there. And then Daenerys returns on her dragon. Yep. So... Did that stifle the attack, I wonder? Or is the dragon just going to go start burning everything down? It's it. Well, we've got next week's episode is the Battle of the Bastards. So I think that's going to take like front and center full stage. When you say next week, do you mean last night? Yes. Yes. We're we're recording this one a little late. Okay. All right. right. So you do mean the most recent episode that we're not talking about. The one that will be coming up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine that'll take up a lot of. Is that going to be Jon Snow against uh, Ramsay? Yes. Probably. Yeah. The title is Battle of the Bastards, and the previews yeah. show that. And so I think that will take up a lot of it, which is too bad because I was really hoping that we would get to see a um, a big old battle between um, dragons and masters and ships and stuff like that. That'll be the week after, apparently. Yeah. Um. So um, you know they have spent several seasons saying winter is coming. If winter doesn't <laughs> get here at the end of this season. Yeah. You know, it's got to it's you know, it's it's almost like, you know, uh, Khaleesi and all her business going on over there where she's going to she's going to attack Westeros someday. Right. The White Walkers are going to come someday. We're going to tease showing them once in a while, but they'll, they'll be here someday. Well, I'm a little worried about the Battle of the Bastards because of this. Getting back to River Run. You know, they're talking last episode about how they're ready for a siege and and you know, we can dig in for like two years. Do you have two years? And it looks kind of hopeless for Jamie and his crew. They're they're digging trenches and getting siege towers ready. Yep. And then in this episode, Jamie goes off on this speech for like five minutes to his prisoner, who yep. it turns out is the real lord of River Run, not right, the guy yeah. who's inside there, not the blackfish. Exactly. And he talks to him about family and kids and stuff like that and all the things he's going to do if this guy doesn't surrender. And then they send him back inside, and the guy's like, we're going to surrender. We're going to walk out of here. And it's done. Yeah. But that's easy. that's exactly what Blackfish said was going to happen if they let him in the house. Right. And, and I get that. But and that's exactly what happened. Th- that's why I'm worried about the Battle of the Bastards, because it's like, are we going to get another one of those? Is this going to be the type of thing where we've got all these armies set up and then all well, of a sudden <sighs> they're going to go out on the field and Jon Snow and Ramsay are going to like fight one on one and end it that way or something? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like we were we were expecting a big battle with uh, River Run. And then it was just like, nah, never mind. All right, that kind of makes sense, actually. I can see why you'd be um, hesitant about that one, or concerned, or whatever. Right. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, Arya has declared that she's Arya Stark. 
Yeah, that was yeah. a very interesting thing, too. Uh, now, question for you. Yes. Were you thoroughly disappointed that we didn't get to see her kill Waif, that we just found her yeah, face? I was, because yeah. she had gone through so much. You know, we actually saw a woman killed by having herself impaled on a stool. Oh, that was, like, messed up. You right? know, the, the nice little uh, actor lady, that's where Arya went when she was wounded, and the woman yeah. was taking care of her and said, oh, I used to have to patch up holes like this. You'll be fine. And then one yep. minute she's checking on a bottle, and then she's uh, impaled all four legs of the stool right through her. That was pretty grotesque, actually. It was. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty, like, it didn't seem like there was enough time to do something like that. It's not like the stool legs were sharpened. Um, funny thing, too. That little, go ahead. That little thing that she says at the end there when he's like, a girl is finally nobody. And she's like, a girl is Arya Stark, and I'm going home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maisie Williams tweeted that before the episode, <laughs> and uh, she gives she uh, DGAF. So yeah. somebody was like, "Oh, thanks for ruining!" And she's like, "Dude, get off Twitter. <laughs> Just go watch the show. Just leave me alone." <laughs> like she didn't care. She's like, "I don't care that I ruined it." A girl is Arya Stark, and she's going home. Yeah, uh, I just thought it was good, but he seemed he seemed almost happy. Yep, I you think know? that it's one of those part of the grander picture. You know. Yeah. I think we have not seen the last of him. Yeah. Oh, well. And, uh... I think that's it for me. I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was Like you said, it was a build-up episode. It was building a lot of yeah. things and getting ready for... We've only yeah. got two episodes left. You know, the Battle of the Bastards and then whatever they pull out of their butts after that one. I, I mean, I felt like this week, the one we're talking about, was supposed to be a big battle episode. Mm. But instead, we get another build. And so with only two episodes left, technically now one, I realize, but with only two episodes left, they're going to have a lot. They're either going to have to put a lot in there, or they're going to have some pretty big cliffhangers. I know everything that I had read said that they were really gearing up for the Battle of the Bastards and that it was going to be good. So, fingers crossed that they can cover so. on that. Because, you know, realistically... Um, this whole season has gone by wicked fast. Yeah. Well, only 10 episodes and yeah. they, they didn't go on any hiatuses. So no, but still it's just, it's, it's a good story. Yep. You know, but it's just going by real, real fast. Yeah. So, uh, I want to talk about hell on wheels. I know okay. you don't watch it. Correct. So go right ahead though. This is an amazing episode. Absolutely amazing. Uh, this is, I mean, technically, uh, this season five was broken into two parts. They aired seven episodes last summer. They're airing seven episodes this summer. So I'm going to call it last year. The quote unquote season finale is the mid season finale. And Thor Gunderson, who has been the bane of Bohannon side since episode one, season one, uh, was last seen heading off to murder Bohannon's wife and child at this, uh, home out in the, uh, the boondoggles. Sounds like a and classy guy. Yeah, this guy is literally, like, he is horrible. Like, from the first episode, you find out that he's just trash, and everyone hates him, and he abuses what microbial ball of power he always has, and manipulates people, and he's just, I mean, you know, he had a hard life. They show us this episode with some flashbacks. I mean, essentially, he is Norwegian, and they've always called him the Swede, but... <laughs> Uh, the running joke is like every once in a while he'll go, but I'm Norwegian or I'm from Norway or whatever. And they still call him the Swede. And he was in the, uh, he was in the union army in the civil war and he got captured and he got sent to Andersonville and he had a rough time in Andersonville. And they show us that in this episode as well between flashbacks. And then when he got out of Anderson, well, actually it wasn't between flashbacks. It was essentially like a 10 minute capper at the beginning, I guess. And when he gets out, that's when he joins up with the uh, union Pacific railroad and he becomes like the, the sheriff for them or the the head security guy or whatever, and then just basically abuses whatever power he has to rob people, manipulate people, to strong-arm people into paying him protection money. And, like, he murders in cold blood this uh, lovely uh, – I can't think of her name now, but this female character that everybody loves. He strangles her to death, and then when Bohannon goes to hang him, he gets away. And that's the pattern. Every time he seems like he's going to get his just desserts, he gets away. And then he joins up with the Mormon faith and he murders a preacher and then impersonates him 
at this sect. And I mean, it's just like the stuff this guy does is unbelievable what he's been able to get away with. And Bohannon's obviously never trusted him. And he somehow gets Brigham Young on his side. Uh, Gunderson does. Um, but finally, it all comes to a head in this ep- this first season, uh, this uh, season eight. I mean, check that episode eight or this season premiere, whatever you want to call it, where it starts out right where it left off. He's at the house. Bohannon's wife goes out, finds her sister's been stabbed in the stomach, finds her dad with an axe in his back. She sees Gunderson. She runs into the house. He uses an axe to try to break the door down, almost like The Shining. She escapes, runs in the woods. Bohannon shows up. Big showdown on and on and on. Bohannon gets shot in the leg, and then he's trying to drown Gunderson. And Gunderson's under the water, and in the most creepy scene I've seen in a long time, he's just smiling at him. You can see his face perfectly under the water, and he's smiling at Bohannon. So Bohannon lets him up. And he's like, you're going to go to trial. So whatever reason now, Bohannon wants to take him to trial. So he spends two days hauling him off to this fort, almost dies on the way, yada, yada. Gunderson gets tried. He gets convicted, sentenced to hanging. Bohannon, you know, uh, gets out of the hospital in time to watch the execution. Gunderson's last words are, my name is Thor Gunderson and I am from Norway. And And then they hang him. But they don't just like put a bag on his head and drop him through the gallows. No, 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 no. He refuses the bag. There's no gallows as far as there's no drop. They just put the noose around his head and then four guys lift him off the ground with the rope. And for like a good 90 seconds, he just kicks his feet and squirms and kicks and rotates around and makes gurgling noises and froths at the mouth as he slowly strangles to death. It was very graphic it was very realistic and it was very satisfying. Wow. That there's no way they can say he survived that somehow. <laughs> He's not a Voorhees? No, not at all. So, in a way, it's like, all right, well, that's done. Now, literally, the only thing left for these next six episodes is the actual completion of the railroad. Because, of course, the whole show has been about building the railroad across the country. Right. And that's the that's like the main back uh, you know story mythology, if you will, all along from every every episode, every season is is building this railroad. And so, I guess that's where we're left at now. It'll be interesting to see because Gunderson's always been the big heel bad guy, and he is now unquestionably dead. Well, then I guess they get to build their railroad. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it was good. satisfying to see somebody that bad finally meet their maker. It was. It was. It was just a really good episode. So, uh, awesome. yeah. Well, you got something that I haven't seen? Yeah. Um, I won't go into spoiler territory since you haven't watched Person of Interest, but I still want to talk about it. I can just take the headset off if you want. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, I'm going to stick to no he- uh, no spoilers, but right. basically, you know, as you mentioned earlier, this is the second to last episode. We're coming up on the last episode ever, and uh, the interesting point on this was that uh you know as we determined in the last episode the machine has a voice its roots and uh the machine talks to harold and basically does a version of it's a wonderful life so it says hey you know what if you hadn't built me what if you hadn't you know been working with me all along etc what if i hadn't been an option for you and as the episode goes on it goes through each different character and says yeah because the machine, of course, is all-seeing, all-knowing. And it's like, yep, I've run the simulations, I've run this, I know this. This is what would have happened to person X, person Y. And it's really satisfying, especially as a fan of like alternate reality kind of stuff. It was really satisfying to watch. It was really cool to see that kind of reminder, you know, that five years has been building towards this, that all this character development, all these intricate pieces have been there to lead us to this point, but had we not had them, how would it have been different? And some of them were very, very different. It was really cool to watch. I enjoyed it. I can't wait to see it. That sounds like a great episode. Yep. I, I thought it was great. Still not my favorite of the season, but it was Which right was up your favorite there. of the season? It was that one with the second team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It'll so be hard to top that one. Though. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, I'm a... Uh... I'm looking forward to watching it. I had decided I just was going to wait until I had them back to back to back so I could uh, 
I don't know, just enjoy the last two episodes together. Yep. I get that. It's, it's, well, you know, it's a great show, and it's I'm kind of torn because I'm sad to see it go, but at the same time, the way it's going out is so spectacular. I'm glad I get to watch it. Yes. You know, the fact – it's like with um, – I'll, I'll say it, you know, I know people will disagree with me, but Lost, you know, Lost, they were given X number of episodes to go out. Yep. Yeah. So when a show is given that, it gives them a chance to wrap up their story the way that they were meant to. Unlike the castle thing where they were basically given one week to tack on an ending. Right, exactly. I mean, they did the best they could given the time they had. But, I mean, think of how many shows have ended, you know, on a big cliffhanger. Right. And then just canceled. Like, I don't watch it, but I just read today that Penny Dreadful just had its third season finale, and they're not getting renewed. So yeah. whatever was hanging there at the end of season three is gone. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah, it's like uh, Longmire. They had a big thing at the end of Longmire, and then they canceled it. And I was just like, are you serious? Because now we don't know what happened. It's a big cliffhanger, on and on. And then Netflix picks it up for another season. It's like, yes. <laughs> then Netflix even ended it kind of on a, ooh, what's going to happen now type of scenario. And we haven't found out. I haven't seen anything about them renewing it or if they filmed any more or anything. Interesting. So we'll see. But yeah. not all shows can give us a good wrap-up. Like, That's right. Like Purse of Interest is giving us a good wrap-up. It sure is. It's giving us a phenomenal wrap-up. Yeah. I mean, like even CSI, you know, after like 15 years, they got a two-hour movie, two-hour movie of the week type thing, you know, a double episode essentially. Right. To try to wrap everything up. I mean, Purse of Interest got was it 12 or 13 episodes. Uh, yeah, I think it's 13. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I'm grateful. I am too. Awesome. So I tried to watch Angie Tribeca. Yep. I didn't like it. Really? I didn't like it at all. Really? I will That's go as far as to me. say I hated it. That really surprises me. I've never liked spoof comedy like that. And let me, let me say this first. Hold on. Sure. I loved Airplane. I love Naked Gun. Uh, police squad, whatever. But I think the reason why is because those were all played. Leslie Nielsen always played those serious. You know what I mean? Like he yep. didn't do, he didn't do, he didn't act weird. He didn't I'm trying, see. I had this early in my brain. I had it all, had it okay. all played out and I didn't write it down. But anyways, no, he didn't act foolish to act foolish. He didn't like see something that didn't seem right. And didn't question it. He played it serious. So like everything on everybody on the airplane played things seriously. They just had mishaps, or like they do a joke where like when uh, Lisa Marie Presley, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's up on the ladder and he goes, "Hey, nice beaver," and then she passes down a stuffed beaver and she's like, "Thanks, I just had it stuffed." Like he said it, he meant it seriously. That is a nice, be- nice beaver. Whereas like. On Angie Tribeca, it was like dumb comedy for the sake of dumb comedy. Like she's a police officer. She's interviewing a suspect about something. And then the suspect offers her like a falafel or whatever it was. And she's like, oh, yeah. And she grabs it and starts digging into it and acting stupid. Like that, that wasn't I – don't, I don't like any of that. Like I don't like scary movies. I don't like any of those type of comedy spoof movies, you know, not another teen movie, any of those things like that. I just – I don't care for any of that type of comedy. And that's all I got from that first episode was it was exactly stuff like that, where it was laughs for the sake of laugh, but like in in a completely spoofy manner, like Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Two. I don't care. I don't like didn't care for any of those flicks like that. Interesting. Okay. You know, Airplane, Leslie Nielsen, when he did when they did that type of comedy, it was done where they they the character was deadly serious, even though what he was doing was probably stupid. Or foolish, or you know, the only time I can think of where Leslie Nielsen acted out like a fool was when he was the umpire, and it's because he called a strike and the fans cheered, and he was like, "Oh, oh," and he fed off the adrenaline of everyone cheering because he called the strike. So then he went over the top with it, and I was okay with that because it made sense based on the reaction he was getting from everybody and whatnot like that. But then, like the over-the-top, spoofy, stupid comedy. I just don't care for it. Like so that. you say you don't like the Hot Shots movies. No. What, what about Robin Hood Men in Tights? What about Spaceballs? Okay, well, that see, those those are different, though. Really? Like, yeah, I look at that differently. Like, I don't, because, like, yes, okay, so, like, Robin Hood Men in Tights was their version of Robin Hood. Yeah. And, yes, there was kind of foolish, I guess. Uh, he had, like... He dropped a, a string of like eight arrows onto his bow and fired them. Or, yes. you know, at one point, a chew pumped up his Nikes. Right. 
a chew in his front brother a sneeze, I think it was. His father a sneeze, yeah. His father a sneeze, yeah. No, I see, I guess, I mean, I, I, I appreciate you calling me out, uh, but I do enjoy Mel Brooks. Yeah. But I don't, I just didn't enjoy like Hot Shots, Scary Movie, Not Another Teen Movie, um... What is it now? Lethal National Lampoon's Lethal Weapon Loaded uh, Lethal Weapon Loaded Weapon Loaded Weapon Part One. Um, I don't like any of those. Huh. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. I definitely I do. Yeah. I. And that's the thing is you can't help what you like and what you don't like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit here and be like you're wrong, but I know. You know, I definitely I appreciated it for what it was and. I thought that uh, that the humor was, yeah, it was over the top in some places, ridiculous in some places, but I still found the jokes to be, you know, like every time they pulled up to a crime scene, it was like www.ford.com. And I, you know, yeah, I saw like they were driving a different Ford every every time they pulled up. Yeah, different, kind of making color or whatever yeah. product placement that you see in yeah. shows these days. Well, maybe it's when I was younger, I watched Robin Hood Men in Tights and Spaceballs, and I didn't mind that then. And so, like, as an adult, I can go, like, well, no, I enjoyed those flicks because they were funny or whatever. But, like, maybe as I got older, I just didn't enjoy that type of comedy anymore. Right. And so that's why I don't like any of the newer stuff, but I, I still like Spaceballs and Men in Tights. Again, I haven't seen either one of those movies in a long time, though. That's tragic. I haven't seen either, but I mean, I've watched Blazing Saddles so many times. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> that was a good movie. That yeah. was a, that was a very good movie. Still had some ridiculous parts, but it was a good Oh yeah, movie. massively, massively. Like when he held the gun on himself. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, so that's my Angie Tribeca. All right. Well, I watched the third episode of the second season this week and I enjoyed it for the most part. That's all I'll say about that. That's it. That's all you want to go with. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It it was it was enjoyable to me. It was standard operating procedure. You know, this yep. time we're tackling a ring of drug dealers on a beach that are all uh, lifeguards. And by the end, you realize that they're all undercover something. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Yep. I watched uh, – wife and I started watching Casual again. That's a Hulu original series. Yep. Uh, season two returns. They launch a new episode every Tuesday night. And they're up to three currently, four after this coming Tuesday. And essentially what it is, the long and the short of it is a character named Valerie and her daughter, who's like still in high school, but must be 17 on the show or 16, 17. Um, Valerie and her husband get divorced and her and her daughter move out of the house and move in with her brother. Her brother, Alex, uh, he built a dating website similar to like uh, OkCupid or Tinder. They match you together based on answering questions or whatever and compatibility or uh, match.com or whatever, not Tinder. Match.com is what I meant. And the title casual is in reference to just casual sex, which the show does have a lot of. Um, but basically, um, it's about three people trying to find their way in and out of life, and they can't seem to get out on their own way sometimes. And we enjoy the episodes. They're about 25 minutes each. And, of course, with Hulu, there's a couple of commercials, and they've got drama, humor, very awkward situations. And, yeah, I just it's, it's a show we really like. So there's that. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into details on every episode at this point, but I just do a little summary there. I think it's definitely worth watching, especially if you have Hulu and I have it in the background. See, I had heard from somebody else that they didn't like it. They thought that it was kind of boring and uh, didn't really go anywhere. So it's interesting to hear a different perspective. I mean, like the overall series. I mean, there's some there's some humor in there. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of funny. And I mean, but the overallness of it is this guy Alex just trying to find his true love, and that's why he built this dating website. And he can't seem to find a match for himself. So he's constantly tweaking it at the annoyances of the rest of the company, because. Like, he built himself – he has a real, real one, which has all his real answers, and he never gets a match on. And then he has the fake one he created that has all the, um, you know, like, the perfect answers to get you as many matches as you can. Right, right, the formulaic one. <laughs> Thank you, formulaic, yeah. And so he, you know, he meets up with a lot of different girls, and there's this, this character that comes in that uh, ends up befriending Alex begrudgingly, it almost seems like. Um, but I really like this guy as a character. I don't can't think of anything else I've ever seen him in. And, and um, so yeah, I mean it's just it's a it's a great show. I mean I think it's worth you should at least check out the first couple episodes if you can, John. Cool. 
Maybe I will do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Outcast TV. <laughs> Outcast was pretty good this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're a couple episodes in now. This time we got to see a different kind of demon. Um, basically, we open on – it's a cold open on this bowling alley, you know, the best friends and the girlfriends. And, you know, this guy's married to this woman, and they set this other guy up, you know, oh, we need to set you up. We need to find you a woman. And at one point, like, he just blurts out at her. He's She's like, oh, I think you're doing good. And he's like, yay, the fat cow thinks I'm doing good – or the fat lonely cow thinks I'm doing good. Thanks. And they're all like, whoa. So he uh, he ends up brutally murdering the uh, wife, and we spend a lot of the episode getting to know that there are different types of demons. Like this one doesn't act like the other one did. It doesn't you know make him vomit or twist his head around or bite his own fingers off. Um, he's been inside of him much longer, and so he's got a bigger, stronger hold on the guy. And basically can sit there and taunt the preacher and taunt the outcast and, you know, tell them that they can go piss up a rope and he's not going anywhere. It's really getting to be a good psychological show. Do you find yourself when you watch a supernatural show? Thinking of supernatural? Well, not only that, but like comparing what you've learned about demons or paranormal or whatever in every other entertainment medium to how they're presenting it. Sometimes, um, but I always remind myself that anything that I've quote-unquote learned has been from an entertainment source, so it's just yeah. whatever they decided the lore was. You know, it's like vampires. You know, yeah. looking at Twilight does make me laugh, but that's her version of vampire, you know? They're sparkly and they don't have fangs and they, they, they're fairies, basically. Wait, wait, wait. I've never watched Twilight. I've never read the books. I've never even read about it on Wikipedia. I was trying to date, okay? Don't judge me. I avoided it completely, so this is news to me. These are vampires that don't have fangs. Correct. And they sparkle in the sunlight. Do they drink blood? Yes. How? Usually with a straw. But I mean, like, then they have to cut the person open to get the blood out of them? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's probably more to it. I barely remember it as as it wow. is. Wow. Okay. I was trying no, I to think date spent, someone at I the think, time. So I think we've spent more than enough time talking about it. I yep. think we can just move right on. Uh, but yeah, Outcast <laughs> still a good show. Um, it's uh, it's more psychological than anything, but it definitely has the the creep factor with these possessions and exorcisms and yeah. And then uh, spinning right off that one, Preacher This Week was another great episode. I still can't believe you're not watching this show. I'll catch up at some point. Um, the Dominic, the uh, the vampire, he's like talking to him. Basically, in this one, Jesse's talking about his power. He has to. He, he's realized that he has this kind of power, and so he wants to talk to Dominic about it, the vampire, and because he figures he can trust him. And it's just funny watching him, like, practice it, because when he speaks, it sounds like a booming, echoing, like you what you would expect something to be like the voice of God, quote-unquote. And uh, so, you know, he'll be like, hop on one foot, and they've got the echo and the reverb, and Dominic's hopping on one foot, and, you know, they're talking about it afterwards, and he goes, maybe it's like that John Travolta movie where he gets his power from a tumor, or, or maybe it's like that Jason Bourne movie where you're like, Jason Bourne, maybe you're a Jedi. It's so much fun. They have such a cute little bromance going on there. Um, but we uh, we discover that, you know, there's this guy named Carlos who done wronged Jesse, the preacher, uh years ago and tulip's got his address so let's go pay him a visit it's uh it's really fun i still i can't get over that you haven't started watching this show because it seems like something that would be right up your alley you know yeah it does sound like it i just have to find the time the uh is what it comes down to yeah um the uh there's there was a guy in the first episode, you know, one of the first scenes. I think you've seen it in the previews. There's a kid that comes up to the preacher and he's like, "I want you to hurt my daddy. I heard you used to do that kind of stuff. He hits my mama and blah blah blah." And so we catch up with that guy after the beatdown in this episode, and we get yep. to see him tell his side of the story. And turns out he's also working for, um, oh god, what's his name? I just mentioned it last time. He played Rorschach. Oh, Jackie Jack Earl Hurley. Yeah. 
So lots of fun. If you're not watching this and you're a fan of anything goofy, weird, Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it's um, a good show. Yeah. Like I said, last week we got to see a chainsaw going across the room with an arm attached to it, heading for somebody's unconscious body. And that's all I could think of was <laughs> an Evil Dead kind of thing. It was just great. Sounds good. Yeah. So um, I watched this. Uh, yeah. I watched this little documentary movie on Netflix. It's called The Frozen Chosen. Frozen it's only chosen. Okay. Yeah, it's only 53 minutes long. Came out in 2014, and it's about sturgeon fishing in Lake Winnebago in eastern Wisconsin in the winter, specifically spear fishing. And up there, it's not a winter hobby; it's a lifestyle. It's almost a rite of passage, and the traffic to getting on and the on and off the ice every day to get out there can back up almost two miles of vehicles waiting to for spear fishing sturgeon. Yeah. In the to ice. get on. Yeah. To get on the ice to where their shacks are or to get off the ice at the end of the day. I mean, like you could be sitting on the ice in your truck in a two mile backup. That's how big this lake is. Just slowly exiting, trying to get home hmm. and you're spear fishing surgeon sturgeon. And they use like, almost like uh, Poseidon's trident-type spears to grab the fish, except there's like four prongs. There is some sort of – it's they're not throwing them. There's some sort of propelling mechanism that they use, but essentially it's like ice fishing. You cut out a hole in the ice, you're in your shack, and you just wait to see them swim underneath, and you just try to push as they're going under. And uh, it's actually pretty interesting. It's worth checking out. Now, what do they do with the sturgeon? Do they sell them? Do they eat them? Or Oh, they eat them, mount them, eat them. Yeah, they're not wasted. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I watched this other flick that was absolutely horrible. Like, did you not watch it to completion? Horrible, or you stuck with it? I stuck with it. I stuck with it. It uh, came out this year, actually. It's on Netflix now. It's called Dark Web, which I have no idea why. Uh, well, I mean, I do. I know they gave a reason. It's a stupid reason. It's a French film, and but there's there's but it's in English, and so there's really bad French accent English going on, and there's other parts where the English, I guess, is so bad it's dubbed. Okay. So you have some characters that are speaking English, and you have some characters that are speaking English with a French accent, and you have some characters whose mouths are moving in English, but their voices have been dubbed. And it's that really bad dubbing where the, the 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 people that are dubbed the most are these two black fellows, and the voices coming out of them are not black voices. Oh, interesting. But it's almost like that. Do you know what I mean when I say the standard dub voice? Yeah, kind of flat, no affect, could be generic for anybody. Yes, yes, that's exactly what this is. And so it just kind of looks odd as they're saying it. Um. So apparently what it is, though, the whole premise of this is the first 10 minutes is of these tanks rolling into this remote home to kidnap a girl. And the whole time they're playing very loud and annoying orchestra music, which I kept waiting for it to shut off, but it didn't. I couldn't get over it. It literally went on for 10 minutes as they roll up and they kidnap this girl for no apparent reason. We have no idea why they picked her. They commented like, oh, you're exactly the way they told us you looked. Okay, but they don't go expand anything beyond that. So they kidnap her. They kidnap her brother who apparently had some sort of military training. They kill their father. They haul her off and they dump her in the woods. And these three teams, uh, uh, the two black guys are a team. And then there's two man-woman teams. And they seem to know each other and are in love with each other. I guess. And they're all there too. They, they've all paid millions to hunt this girl down and kill her. So wait, the teams are in love with each other? No, no. Like the, the, the guy and girl teams, like they play off like they're a couple, like they're a married couple or boyfriend, girlfriend. Okay. You know what I mean? Which doesn't make sense later on for how they treat each other. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so these three sets of teams are all, trying to hunt down and kill this girl as she runs through the woods. Now, here's a typical scenario. You know, it's it's the hunting game, basically. 
which is why they called it the hunting game. But for the U.S. release, they call it dark web because it's all filmed and put out on the dark web. Because people pay to watch this. Gotcha. And the person that's orchestrated all of this is Danny Glover. Really? Yes. But, but, it appears as though Danny Glover's character, Danny Glover, the way he was in this movie, was live via satellite. So it's almost like (laughs) they couldn't afford him. They came, yeah, they came to his home and he sat in a chair and he read his lines to the camera. And that was it. That was it. And then, like, they would cut him in. So, like, the people are interacting with him. Like, it's almost like he, you know, he's the boss and he comes up on screen. He's like, What did I tell you? Get your stuff together. You know what I mean? But, like, it's supposed to be them having a conversation. They're clearly not having a conversation because somewhere (laughs) along the way, the inflection with which Danny Glover was delivering his lines did not match the inflection with which the other people were delivering their lines. And it just looked awkward. Ah, That's great. Yeah. So, and then the girl who was kidnapped now, and usually in these circumstances, surprisingly, she's a good fighter or they'd pick the wrong person to mess with or something like that. She has a very particular set of skills. Exactly. There's some sort of, no, no, no. She's useless as a turd. I mean, she can't fight. She's really has no stamina when it comes to running. Um, the only reason why she's not killed when she's immediately captured is because they're not allowed to kill her when they capture her. They have to bring her to a certain spot. It's called, hold on, I wrote it down because it's so great. Sorry. The sacrificial clearing. <clears throat> and that's the only spot they can kill her is at the sacrificial clearing. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. see. Mm-hmm. So not only do they have to hunt her down, but they have to capture her alive so they can take her to the sacrificial clearing. Exactly. To yep. sacrificial kill her. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Now, for whatever reason, oh, and I don't think they're allowed guns. They have like a bow and arrow, and they have um, machetes and knives, but no, no guns. Okay. So for whatever reason, uh, one of the guy-girl couples, the guy. And it's never explained why, but his girl finds her, and he's got the she's got a knife to her throat, and she's calling her names and saying she's just a petty little farm girl, and then asks for the machete because it's going to take a big blade to take her down, not just my little knife. Um, and then for whatever reason, her boyfriend explicitly just kills her instead, and then tells the victim girl, "Don't worry, uh, she was going to kill you. I'll get you out of here." But we never find out who he's working for or why he's trying to get her out of there or how he was able to infiltrate this game and got this girl to fall in love with him and think that, you know, like that, none of that, none of that's told. So then this victim just, okay, I'm going to hundred percent trust you. And then they proceed to try to get away from the other two teams. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. I, I don't accept that. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, her brother is captured by these people who are like running this game and then he somehow like escapes uh, and kills the people in the command center, but then gets killed himself. And then the guy helping her gets killed. And then the other two teams, all those people got killed. And then you think, Oh, the girl, she got away. Uh, No, she is horrendously run down by a motor vehicle uh, of the guy who was driving the tank that captured her to begin with. And he just kind of picks her corpse up, throws in the back of the truck, and drives away. And that's the end of the movie. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to watch that movie now. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah, it sounds it. It was horrible. I kept waiting for some sort of, like, glimmer of, like, I don't know, getting better, and it just didn't. And it got so bad. I was like, it, it made such little sense that I couldn't stop watching it type of thing because it was just almost the snare of like they went so far outside the box and they never came back in I just I kept waiting for that moment where they just went you know where she would all of a sudden be like oh wait I'm actually a a trained assassin nope not at all (laughs) like that scene in Transformers the movie when you know Hot Rod grabs the Matrix and suddenly becomes Rodimus Prime you're waiting for her to just like wake up yeah yeah doesn't happen no doesn't happen and for those listening I was talking about the actual Transformers movie, the animated one from the 80s, not any of the garbage that Michael Bay has put out. 
My God, aren't they all garbage? They really are. Like, they keep tweeting out these photos. Oh, there's a new photo, and this person, and this person has been cast for the last night. And I don't don't care. care. In fact, I actually do care a little bit in that I care that they're still giving him money to do this stuff. It kind of bothers me. I mean, it's cool that they got Peter Weller to play uh, the voice of Optimus Prime. Yeah, that's about the end of it. You know, I mean, last movie was so much product placement, it <sighs> made your head spin. I hated was the second movie that they had uh, Devastator with the wrecking balls or his testicles. Yes, and we had a uh, Cuisinart that came to life and started humping the mother's leg. And... <sighs> yeah, that was dumb. Oh, all right. Did you watch any movies this week? Uh, I didn't. Um, okay. I had... Just two other shows. I was uh, this week was a busy one for me as well, so I didn't get a lot of stuff in. I can say with certainty that the next time we talk on this podcast, I will be discussing Independence Day Resurgence because I'll be going to see that this weekend at some point. Cool. Um, but yeah, I'll say this: uh, Houdini and Doyle is becoming a uh, background show for me almost. It's, ah, so you're falling out of flavor, flavor, paper with it. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that it's not doing anything different to draw me in. You know, it's a supernatural show that's not really supernatural. It's on Fox, so it's kind of got that Fox tinge to it where they can't decide if they want to be serious or funny. Uh, it was interesting in this episode. They actually did. Uh, they kept calling him Abaddon, but it was Abaddon, you know, of demon lore. Yeah. So immediately started thinking of Supernatural there. But, uh, you know, dealing with madness and people going crazy, it kind of felt like uh, Scarecrow from the Batman series. Okay. You know, a doctor who was trying to cure fear by inflicting fear upon people and trapping them inside their own heads and their own nightmares. So it had some good stuff to it, but it's nothing that makes me like, wow, I can't wait for the show to come on. It's more like, oh, I got one of those. I got something to do. I'll just put it on the background. Hmm, that's too bad. Yep. And then the other show that I watched just started up this week. It was called Brain Dead. And it's, I'll, I'll tell you right now, you're not going to like it because the theme is political. But it's got a interesting invasion of the body snatchers kind of twist to it. Uh, one of the tricky parts, a lot of times you know this, when you see a movie or a TV show and they have quote-unquote the president, yeah, they'll usually have it be some generic person or they're off camera the whole time because they want to make sure that the show can be timeless or people can still relate. You know, you might be making jokes about President Obama in this movie and then, you know, 20 years later you find out that he was assassinated and the whole country came together. So it's like, oh, geez, uh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. And just people might not remember. They might be like, who was George W. Bush? So they usually use a generic person. But in this one, it's current political theater. You know, it's Hillary versus Trump. And uh, they're showing how the world is kind of going a little bit crazy right now. Um, Like this is one of the most messed up pre-election periods we've ever had. So it's really drawing on the truth of today. Um, But the twist is that they're trying to say that the reason that all this is happening and that everybody's crazy in Washington and such is in the beginning you see a meteorite crash. And they're doing research on it, and there are ants inside the meteorite. And the ants come crawling out, and the ants go into people's ears. See, we kind Oh, of that's this, gross. Yeah, we kind of see this spread out over the whole episode. <sighs> like, at first, you just find out that the shipping crew container people, the guys on the boat, they all aren't acting like themselves. They're acting kind of robot-like, and they all have the exact same answers and the exact same phrasing for everything. And then later on, you see ants crawling. You know, uh, one of the guys who's been acting weird, he, like, holds his wife down while they're in bed. And he's like, don't worry, you're going to feel good soon. And then just as the ants get to her face, like, the screen cuts to black. And then eventually you see Tony Shalhoub, who's a drunk Republican (laughs) senator. I know, it's Tony Shalhoub, so you got to love that part of it. But he, uh, the ants actually crawl in his head and push his brain out of his head. Now, the ants don't come out. They seem to stay inside of his head. And then he's walking around like a normal person. He's got his own views on things. Um, He actually convinces a Democrat to come over to the Republican side. Um, And one of the other fun things about it, at least fun for me, um, was the fact that 
all of the zombie people, the ant-infected people, seem to play one song over and over again, and that's You Might Think by The Cars. And so I ended up hearing that song like three or four times during this one episode where every time somebody was playing it, it meant, oh, they must be infected. So it made me go and seek out that song on Amazon, and it's such a good song. That sort of happened to Kate and I recently. I found a song. It was uh, It's on the Simon and Garfunkel, one of their albums, but just Paul Simon sings it, and um, I don't know what the name of it is. I think it's called Yes, I, yes, I Would or something like that, but it's uh, – Folksy song, of course, and then we were watching that uh, the Reese Witherspoon flick where she goes hiking. All I can think of is Into the Wild, but that's not it. No Maybe idea. it's just called The Wild. Anyways, they kept playing that song over and over again through the movie, but they'd only play like the first 15 seconds. <laughs> yep. And so it's just at one point I was like, I just I have to go listen to the song now to get it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was me the other day. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. free on Amazon Prime. Yes. I yeah. just played it like 15 times in a row so that I could get my fill. But yeah, it's a it's a political comedy. Uh, Mary, oh God, what is her name? Now I'm going to mess it up. She was um, Ramona in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Okay. You know, she plays the main character. She's back because her brother's a senator and uh, she agreed to help him and get her dad off her back. You know, she's normally a documentary filmmaker, but now she's starting to piece together some of the clues that something is going on here. So you're going to keep watching it. I'm going to keep watching it for now. Um, I'm hoping that they lean more towards the comedic angle for this and less towards the conspiracy theory. Now we're trying to tell you exactly what's going on in Washington. And what stations is on again? It's on CBS. CBS. It's it's okay, but you know you gotta like political stuff. And well, I watched two classic movies this week. Oh, did you? <clears throat> One I'd seen before, and I know you've seen it. I just haven't watched it in a long time, and I felt like I needed to. And the other one was one I'd never seen before, and I don't know why. I just haven't. And the one I've never seen before was Death Wish. Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. There's like five of them now or something like that, but I'd never seen any of them. I'd heard about them. Mm-hmm. I knew he played a, you know, a badass in them or whatever. But uh, Death Wish, I watched it on Hulu. No commercials either. Came out in 1974. It's 94 minutes long. And uh, essentially, Charles Bronson plays a fellow named Paul Kersey. He's an architect. And uh, he turns vigilante after three men break into his Manhattan home, murder his wife. And, and rape his adult daughter. And then, uh, yeah, eventually, Paul turns himself into a vigilante, and the people are behind him, and he seems to continuously put himself into situations where he becomes a victim just by being in a subway car alone or be or walking down the street alone at night. And so people just see him and in this fancy coat and automatically think, hey, we're going to victimize him, and mm-hmm. then he murders them. Yep, he murders a lot of people. He kills a lot of people in the flick, and uh, and uh, essentially uh, the police kind of let him go is what it comes down to. Because back in the 70s, they were like, well, I guess this could be realistic. He keeps crime down, and... Uh, and we, you know, so, but essentially the police just kind of let him go. He literally gets one of those, uh, when you get out of the hospital, get out of my town speeches. And that's what he does. He takes off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the end of the flick ends with him landing in the airport. I don't know if he was in Florida, Texas, wherever he was. And he sees a couple of, uh, young punk ruffians, uh, being toolboxes. And he smiles. Oh, he's in Chicago, I think. And he smiles and he's like, I'm in the right place. <laughs> And that's that's how it ends. The, uh, I really like the movie, though. <laughs> it was a good classic movie. The the sequels, not so much, but yeah, I would imagine as they, as they went along, especially as he got older. I mean, he was already fifty when he made this, right? Um, and he wasn't that Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, jacked mm-hmm. up on steroids. Fifty either. He was right. a fifty year old man. Um, but it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good flick and, uh, I don't have any urge to see any of the sequels, but I actually might watch this again someday down the line. <laughs> they did a thing recently on, uh, last week tonight with John Oliver, uh, yep. 
I posted the link to it, and it was a skit called "How did they? How did these people get elected?" And this one was all about Governor LePage. And at one yep. point, they quoted oh, him. Oh yes, I interview. saw that. Yeah, where he's like, "We have open carry. You see a drug dealer, you go shoot him." And they were like, "And that's basically the plot of Death Wish." <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. <sighs> so way to go, um, LePage. Bring us back to the seventies. Couple interesting things. I. I... I picked up one of these. The other two I read online. This was Denzel Washington makes his screen debut in this movie. <laughs> he plays a black mugger and I, he gets shot. I think for simplicity's sake, you probably could have just said a mugger. Yeah. I know okay, the guy has true. range, but. <laughs> um, here's another one. Okay. So the girl who played Maria on Sesame Street for 44 years. Oh, yeah. She is uncredited in this film, but she's a grocery store clerk. Oh, interesting. Yeah. At Cooper's and, General Store? <laughs> nope. Oh. And uh, it's actually the store that him and his – that uh, the that Charles Bronson's wife and daughter go to. Uh, and they buy their groceries, and they're like, oh, have them shipped to my, my penthouse. And then they leave, and then the three – they call them they call them the three guys. They call them Freak 1, Freak 2, and Spray Paint because – yeah, <laughs> Spray no Freak 3. Because he spray paints things. He spray paints the wall. He spray paints Charles Bronson's daughter's bottom, naked bottom, um, you know, before they rape her and everything. But here's the thing. Only one of the guys actually rape her, and it's forced oral sex, and it's Jeff Goldblum. Wow. I'm looking. I'm like, that looks like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Star-studded cast. Looks like a really young Jeff Goldblum because obviously 1974. Right. And it was. So that's impressive. And then the other flick I watched was I watched Star Trek Generations. Oh, you'd never seen that before? I've seen it before, yes. Oh, okay, okay. I said there was one I have seen before. That's right. Once and one I've never seen. I've I've seen Star Trek Generations many times. It's you know it's it's the it's the uh, it's the first Star Trek film with the Next Generation cast, and it's the final appearance of you know of of, uh, William Shatner's uh, James T. Kirk. Yep. And. The uh, introduction of Malcolm McDowell, who I yes. love. Soren, he'll get, will do anything to get back to the Nexus. That's right. The and, origin um, story of Guinan. Yep, yep. And was, I think, I want to say, was this the first time they separated the saucer from the ship in the movies? You're asking the wrong guy, my friend. I think it might have been, but... I imagine I, that when we post this after about yeah. an hour and a half or so, you're going to get a comment from Mr. Morang that's going to. I know. So I wish you could ask Jer because he could answer. <laughs> I know they did it. I know it's been done before, but I feel like this is the first time in the movies. And I remember watching it when I was a kid, and I I, I don't remember it ever happening before. And then they did it in the movie, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I didn't know they could do that!" Like I was just I was blown away by it, but it made sense, right? It's a last-ditch effort thing, but it made it cooler. So. I lose you, John. Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> did you get muted? I, no, I was coughing, so I didn't want to cough into oh, the microphone. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. But, yeah, so I just thought it was really cool. It's a great flick. It is. I know you've seen it more not than the, once yourself. Not the strongest that they've ever done, but it was still good to see Shatner on there with um, Picard, yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. It's a way to get the two Next Generation and the original series together. And then, uh, of course, you know, uh, just recently, last night or whatever it was, Anton Yelton. Yeah. Was, yeah, it was a checkoff in the new flicks, died in a car crash. It wasn't even a car crash. Oh, no. He, he was at his house and he was down by his mailbox and he had a 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee and it slipped out of gear or something. Oh, uh, no. Apparently, those vehicles have been recalled because they have a bad shifter and you can't tell if you're in park or drive. And it rolled down and crushed him against the stone mailbox and he died from the injuries. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I just heard tragic accident, I assume. Yeah. Or tra- I assumed it was a car crash, I guess. Yeah. Well, they were saying at first it was a car accident, a freak car accident. But the freak part of it was that yeah. nobody was in the car. They just rolled down and crushed him. That's terrible. It really is terrible. 27 years old. Yeah. No matter who that happened to, that would be a terrible thing. It really would. Terrible way to go. Can't so. even imagine. 
I know, right? Yep. So anyhow, that's all I got this week. You got anything else, John? Oh, yes, I certainly do. Go ahead. Uh, I watched two trailers that I really liked this week. Um, one was for Miss Peregrine's Home for Unusual Children. Okay. Now, this is a children's book. Tim Burton's doing the movie. So immediately right there, I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. But it came on before something that I was watching. So I was like, eh, I'll just check it out. And it looks really cool, actually. It kind of reminds me of like a kid's version of X-Men, except for if everything was really twisted and creepy. Yeah. You know, like there's twins that don't have faces. They just appear to be like rag dolls. Oh, yep. Um, so it seems like something you'd see in a horror movie. There's one little girl who looks perfectly normal, but when she goes to eat, she like puts the chicken leg in the back of her head. And there's this giant jaw under her ponytails that is where she eats. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's very X-Men-ish where they all have some kind of super power, all peculiar children. So they each have a peculiarity yeah. about them. And they bring this one boy into it and they tell him that he's supposed to be the guardian and he's supposed to protect them from those who would do them harm. And uh, then there's someone there to do them harm. Uh, I strongly recommend checking out the trailer. Like I had no interest whatsoever just based on like the brief synopses that I had heard. And after watching the trailer, I can't wait to see this movie. Well, Tim Burton's hit or miss with me. I don't like everything he's done, but I don't hate everything he's done either. Right. Um, Miss Peregrine is played by Eva Green, who I really enjoy as an actress. Yep. What was the other uh, show you checked out? Uh, the other trailer was Search Party. And this looks on the surface to be like a traditional kind of, you know, the hangover kind of thing. You know, guy gets uh, his best friend screws up his wedding and he ends up naked in Mexico. And what are you going to do? But yeah. it was the cast that actually sold me. Okay. It's uh, Thomas Middleditch, T.J. Miller. Allison Brie, Shannon Woodard from Raising Hope, um, and, uh, oh, God, Adam Pally, and uh, the last one there was Jason Manzoukas. Oh, that sounds, that sounds, I think I've, I think I want to watch that movie based on that alone. I don't need to see the trailer. I think it's a direct-to-video kind of thing. Like, when I went to look it up, it said that you could watch it on Amazon starting at $6.99. Oh, so So, it's already out. What's it called again? It's called Search Party. Yeah, and I want to watch that. Based, exactly, just on the cast, I wanted to see it. Um, the only other two things that was news this week that kind of piqued my interest, Donald Glover has been cast for Spider-Man Homecoming. And Yeah, I, I had heard that. I'm Miles really Morales, excited perhaps. about that. I really hope it is a Miles Morales, but if they do, they're going to have to do a flip because, you know, in the comics, Peter was grown and Miles was a kid. And he was emulating Peter and wanted to be just like Spider-Man and... You know, it's they would have to flip it around so that Miles was the older person now, because that that yeah. Spider-Man that they've got, that Peter Parker is just a teenager. So that would be very interesting. I'm just happy to see him in the movie, even if it's only a bit part, because he's so passionate about it. And he petitioned he wanted to be in the movie. So kudos to him. That and uh, they cast the Superman for Supergirl. I don't recognize the actor, but he's a uh, teen heartthrob from Teen Wolf and a couple other of these um, teenage shows. He looks like he could be a decent Clark Kent. He said that you will see Superman and Clark Kent in the episodes. Um, He's looking forward to exploring Clark's humorous side, you know, his sense of humor. So hopefully we'll get a little bit of a lightheartedness that has been missing for a few years in the Superman stuff. Uh, but, yeah, so that's exciting. They're actually moving forward. It's not Tom Welling, and that makes me excited as well. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yep. But And then you shared this today on Facebook, Grant Gustin State's episode. Oh, how exciting is that? One of next season is going to be called Flashpoint, which yep. it has to. <laughs> it has to. And, they again, like I put in my post, like I've said on here, they have to do it right, and they yeah, have they to do it more right. than just an episode. Yeah. It's got to be way more than just an episode. It's got to be, be be the beginning of something. Yeah. Don't screw us over as fans. You're already giving yep. us literally Flashpoint. You said yep. this is Flashpoint. You set up Flashpoint. Give us Flashpoint. Do it right. And then, you know, after a few episodes, you can go back to the regular show. Do you think is that why Superman's going to be in the first two episodes of uh, Supergirl? It's entirely possible. Maybe the three of them will have to work together to cross over the universes somehow. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. So, well... Anything else for us this week, John? 
I don't think so. I think that was about it for me. Kind of a light week. Cool. Yeah, but still a good week. It was a good week. All right. Well, hey, if you want to reach out to us, give a suggestion of a movie or show, documentary or something you've watched or just your point of view on something, you can hit us up on the Twitter. The show's Twitter is at What Did You Watch? And uh, we're on Facebook now. Yes. So check us out on Facebook at, you know, What Did, what did You Watch This Week? And uh, I am uh, Superstar ML. And I am the Quantum Geek. That's G33K. And also, make sure if you're into gaming, please check out uh, the Nerdy Legion episode, 40. not the one that dropped on Monday. Was it 41? Nope. Number 40 is my episode. Okay, number 40, where uh, John and Nick and Martin talk about E3. I am not into gaming at all, really. I play a little bit of Wii with my son. I love classic stand-up arcade games and pinball, but... I listened to this episode at two hours and 22 minutes long, <laughs> and uh, I found it to be great. And there was a lot of things they talked about, so uh, we, I found we it very interesting. were dragging at the end of that, dude, i got to tell you. I, I believe it. <laughs> but, yeah, check it out if you're interested in gaming at all, if you want to know our thoughts on E3 and some of the announcements that came out of there. Nerdy Legion, episode 40. And, of course, you can always check out my other Nerdy Legion podcast, Off the Ropes, which comes out every Thursday, which we talk about professional wrestling. And yeah, that's about it. Excellent. Cool. All right. Well, uh, talk to you guys later. See you, everybody.